Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Blues, it happens every night. And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine. Sure haven't. Summer heat never treats me kind, it leaves trouble on my mind. So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my notice, and I'll see you at another time. This highway does not know my name, and I don't care. Don't care. Heading my way for another place, and I got three good tires and a spare. Listen right here, listen right here. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. Low budget live, not so live. From the low budget live bar and grill here in cold um, southern Tennessee. Southern Tennessee is cold right now. I'm over it. I'm over February, but we're, we're almost there. We're at the middle of the month. We're almost there. What is going on, low lifers? And if you are new to the low-budget live experience, the low-budget live, not-so-live lifestyle, that song was Biloxi Blues. It is a song I wrote. Is it a song I recorded back in 2013? And uh, if you like it, you can find it various places. But I get a lot of questions about that, so I like to address it because it makes me proud when people like the things that I do. It makes me feel all warm and tingly outside. But welcome back, low lifers. And welcome if you are finding this for your first time. Make sure to always hit the subscribe button on YouTube and tell your friends and them what you think about Low Budget Live. Man, it's uh, it's been a it's, – it's always – I feel like every every time there's a week in between when we when we talk, 
when we talk to each other, there's a lot going on, but definitely been a lot going on. We're just coming off of Valentine's Day. This is the podcast for Monday, February 17th, coming off this Valentine's Day. And man, I hope you took care of your ladies. I hope you I hope you loved them up. I hope you got them some chocolates. I am a big proponent of the uh, sending the chocolate dip strawberries from Sherry's Berries. No, uh, no sponsor there, but you can just swipe your card, get them, get them strawberries delivered. And let me just tell you something: I've been doing that for the triple threat for several years now, and now it's expected, and they never let me down. I just, I just ship those. The ladies that she works with just they think that's one of the perks of of her being married to me as well. So if you're on the road traveling like I am, uh, man, send you send your ladies some strawberries. But that's what I did. We also. Uh, um, you know, we 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 went out to di- to dinner, and I did break the FAC. I did. I had a nice dinner in Nashville, called a concert, and um, yeah. But I'm still feeling good. Still feeling good. I'm uh, under the 200 pound mark. I'll pat myself on the back for the first time in a long time, and and uh, now barely. I'm I'm hanging in there like 199. So. Hope y'all are making it through these crazy holidays with candy. Hope you're making it through these cold winter days sitting in the house because that's when I do my crazy eating. So I'm just sitting around and it's raining and it's cold and there's nothing to do outside, nothing to keep me busy. That's when I am at my worst. So I hope y'all are making it through there, all you fat assers out there. But we're getting close. We're getting close to that Bassmaster Classic. And that's when we're going in this thing on March the seventh. I think we said the sixth originally, but because we're doing low budget live, live from the Black Market Bar and Grill, Birmingham, Alabama, eight p.m. This thing right here with various other people. It's going to be a big show, and then after we throw down on a podcast for say an hour, hour and a half, we're going to play some live music. We being me. And some other good friends of mine. And so we are going to throw down. If you are in Birmingham, Alabama, make sure they're there. But the most important thing, talking about this fat-ass challenge, this FAC, is we are going to do the final weigh-in between me and Big C to see who takes home the $500. And that will also be the week when uh, the listener challenge ends as well. So you guys be be working hard. Be working hard. I will announce the prizes uh, probably that night. For that, got a lot of things announced that night. I got got an exciting phone call about something else yesterday, pertaining to that night. Uh, something else. I'm talking to the amazing folks at Startron Starbright who bring you every single low budget live, not so live, and live and live live. They reached out. I think we're, we're working on some things for that night with the fine folks at Startron Starbright. Uh, this is like if if your wife was your fuel tank. You know, and, and you and you get her some ratchet flowers or something. That's like putting ethanol in your gas tank. But but this is like them chocolate dipped strawberries right here. Startron enzyme fuel fuel treatment. Your your gas tank will appreciate it. Your weed eater will appreciate it. Your wife don't want ratchet flowers. She don't want some junky old gift for Valentine's Day. So next year, think back to this podcast when I told you, you know, don't buy her Startron. I mean, maybe I appreciate you supporting Startron. Your wife probably get pissed about this, but. Startron, bringing you low-budget live Starbright cleaning solutions, bringing you clean boats, clean trucks, clean houses, 
We got all kinds of stuff. Look those folks up. Support the people that support us. And let me run my mouth on this podcast. But they will very much be, the Startron folks, a very big part of a low-budget live, live at the Classic. I am so excited about that. And I'm very excited that next week, another Boats and Pros comes out. And man... People really seem to enjoy the first one. I'm still honestly taken back at the fact that people enjoyed it as much as they did. It was a vision I had, and it's still growing. It's still growing. And uh, the second episode with Mr. Jordan Lee drops this coming Thursday. I got to see it. I have laid my eyes on it, and man, I'm so proud of it. And Tanner Lines, the work he did. Thanks to Jordan for coming out. His lovely dog, Sage, joined us in the boat. It's going to be a fun one. So, be telling your friends about that. It's been a crazy week since I last stared into this camera and talked into yonder microphone and, and uh, brought you guys a low budget. But, you know, a really crazy week. And y'all know I, I run my mouth, right? I run my mouth. And I, and, I get, and, and, and I can overstep my bounds running my mouth. But... As you've seen this fall and, and over the years, the couple years that I've been doing this, and, and if you're you're a faithful low-lifer, you know, I tell it like it is as I see it. I don't necessarily do it because I think it's right. I do it to make myself feel better. That whole spiel. I've told you all that many times. But last week, something really crazy happened during the MLF Bass Pro Tour, uh, which... After the Bassmaster ended, I kind of I kind of split screened it during the Bassmaster. I, we talked about that last week. Hate them scheduled on top of of each other. The Bassmaster ended on Monday, uh, which is when LBL dropped for you guys last week. So congratulations, Paul Mueller. Congratulations to our buddy John Cruz, almost pulling off an LBL victory. Talk to us on the way to the St. John River. Very cool. Very cool. A lot of guys had some good tournaments, and our guest today actually had a very Unique tournament there, to say the least. Uh, we're going to talk to him shortly. But I was watching both, both events. They were both dealt really, Bass and BPT dealt really terrible weather conditions. Really terrible. They were dealt crazy water conditions. And I think the Bass Pro Tour won out. As far as fisheries was con- were concerned, I don't I don't know what's going on with the St. John's River. It it looks like um, there's just kind of in a downturn or something right now. It's it's very strange to see the weights. There's a, a Toyota series going on down there, formerly known as the Coasts, formerly known as other things, right now. And it didn't you know it's not taking a lot of weight. So very strange to see. But the Bass Pro Tour lasted until the the middle of this last week, and they smashed. It was very top-heavy, but them boys smashed some big ones. Jordan Lee, our next Boats and Pros guest, had almost 33 pounds in five one day. Freaking big ones bit. You follow. They did. Uh, you know, they changed the format a little bit. But there was something that happened on, I guess, the second to last day. Those things last forever, I feel like. But uh, I was watching. I watched as much as I could. I've had a lot going on, but I watched as much as I could. And coverage was good. Everything was good. Uh, you know, I can be super critical of MLF. We know that. BPT um, at times. But but 
this was something that, uh, and still will be, right? But I have to say I enjoyed the tournament. I did enjoy the tournament. I, I enjoyed watching Jacob Wheeler win. Congratulations to Jacob. Congratulations to Ott Defoe, Brian Thrift putting on a damn show. It was it was cool to watch. There was a lot of good ones caught. But something that popped up that I wanted to address, and I already did address this publicly on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter. I said something about it on there. But some somebody sent me a video, and I know a lot of people have shared this now, and I think it made its way to the Jim Jones Bass Fishing page on Instagram. Somebody tagged me in that too. But but a video came out, and it was Ot Defoe in his boat doing his thing, fishing, and uh, what do you think I was going to say? Breakdancing? He was fishing. Of course he was fishing. So Ot's up there, and his marshal says, Hey, Ot, in this video clip, Hey, Ot. I got a text here wanting me to tell you that Jacob Wheeler is catching them cranking. And I had to watch it like 15 times. I'm like, what? And then and then he throws a guy's name out. I believe the name is Steve Core, But he says, because Ott says, what? Ott kind of looks at him and he says, Steve Core wanted me to tell you that Jacob Wheeler is catching them cranking or that Wheeler is catching them cranking. And that's it. And then they and then they cut away in production. They go to another angler. So this got shared to me. And and at first I didn't catch all the details of what was said. And and I shared it and I said, you know, like tag MLF, of course, because that's childish and fun. But I said, man, this official will be finding another job, poor I, you know, caught in the middle. Because I I took it as like his buddy text him, right? And he just said something. Because I've, I've had marshals in the past that'll be like, man, I wish I could tell you something right now. And, you know, people want to talk fishing. So, I, honest to God, that's what I thought it was. But when I watched it again, and then I had several people messaging me that the name Steve Kaur was a tournament official, a tournament uh, operations of tournaments or something, right? So, I tweeted that, like, this doesn't look good. And it didn't look good in context, but... What I then found out, because I got, I had a few guys reach out to me, the Fish PPT, and Alton Jones Jr. was one of them, Little Alton. Shout out to Little Alton on the top 10, too. Really good week. Uh, caught one last minute to make it into the top 10. Re- really exciting. But, anyways, uh, I called Alton and we talked on the phone, and, and it turns out, and apparently this has been for a while, a uh, Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour rule. And that rule is, and I don't know exactly how it's written, and that's what I ask out, and, you know, can the fans actually see your rules? He said he didn't know. And I don't know that they share the rules. I have no idea. That being said, that rule states that, and I'm, and I'm paraphrasing because I do not know the exact wording, so don't crucify me, MLFPPT. Uh, but basically, if a, if a spectator or innocent, innocent bystander blurts something out, like fishermen tend to do when they're seeing somebody, you know, if you're fishing down a stretch of boat docks and a guy's watering his plants on his boat dock and he goes, hey, fella, there's a seven-pound bass right over here on the bed, right over here. You got your camera guy, you got your official. Well, you are required to report that. And what that does is that gets you out of fell in a polygraph because their information rules are super tight. On paper, they're super tight. Right? A lot of polygraphs, a lot of things. So 
you're not even allowed to talk to your buddy that you room with about crankbaits, supposedly, right? It's hard to police, and it's it's random polygraph. Information rules are always very hard to police. They just are. And there are things, there are rumors that swirl about that kind of stuff in every tournament trial I've ever been in. That being said, this is their rule. If you get that information, you have to report it to your official who then reports it to either the tournament, Steve, Mr. Steve Core that was brought up, or whoever, and they then let the entire field know. So the entire field received that text message that Ott Defoe got. Ott Defoe was being filmed in that situation. Ott Defoe is one of the best humans, in my opinion, that I've ever had the pleasure of speaking with, getting to know. I call him a friend. I like Ott a lot. His family, they're great people, okay? So, because I've seen negative stuff about him, and, and I joined in, not with Ott, but with Major League, and I deleted my post, and then I was quick to say, hey, man, I was wrong. This is the rule. And then I kind of defend him. And, dude, I took a beating from people for defending MLF that thinks that all I'm going to ever do on this microphone is bash him. And it's, it's, it's not the case, okay? You could call a spade a spade. You can, where there's smoke, there's fire, whatever. It, but when you take crap out of context, you look silly. I look silly in that moment. I did. So I wanted everybody to know that's their freaking rule. Um, apparently, Jacob Wheeler had a YouTube video on this similar situation last year. Now, I've also had conversations with people about this rule this week, whether it's a good rule or bad rule. You know, I think it's a weird rule because my thing is if you're soliciting information, if you're if you're going up to somebody and like, hey, man, you know where a seven-pounder is on a boat dock? Hey, man, you know where a brush pile's at? Hey, man, you know where I can catch some bass? That's breaking an information rule. If somebody blurts something out, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it could definitely affect the outcome of the event at some point. What if Ott Defoe had been right? Of course, Ott was catching him on a crankbait too. And what if he's right across from Jacob in the same pocket? Jacob's stacking numbers and Ott's throwing a shaky head. And somebody says, hey, you're catching him cranking. So Ott gets to know that. Ott picks up a crankbait, goes to smashing. I mean, there's definitely that risk with that rule. But I'll take this one step further because Alton Jones Jr. straightened me out, but I talked to uh, Mark Daniels Jr. about this. Uh, I talked to a couple of other guys. But a really good friend of mine that fishes was actually the reason that text got sent because somebody blurted out that Wheeler was catching them cranking to him, so he had to report it. And that's the rule. That's the rule. So I've seen a ton of talk about it. I've seen, you know, people want me to address it and whatever. If it were taken out of context, if you take it out of context, it looks really bad. But when you know these things, and I saw people going, oh, it's convenient that they're calling it a rule now. It's not a rule. We're going to expose MLF for the truth. Well, man, I've done this with those guys and probably will again, and I probably will with Bass at some point just because I'm an opinionated guy. But, man, sometimes it's just not always a witch hunt, right? And I know that's crazy coming out of my mouth, but look, 
it's it's just not. It's just not. I've got a lot of dear friends that compete that that you know I'm mom's basement for saying that it's a made up rule or something. You know, like it, it, just by tweeting what I tweeted, I don't know. I don't compete there, so I don't know the freaking rules. Once it was explained to me, it all made sense. So you you gotta you gotta take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt. Um, and my thing is, you know, for it to happen when I. And look, the producer should have got away from that shot if they didn't want the public to know it because people are, of course, talking about it. Uh, but I think the public should know your rules. I think the public should know why that happened. And I feel like that JT, Chad, and Marty should have addressed what was going on, and they didn't. You know, I actually want to talk to uh, JT's buddy of mine. I'd like to ask why they didn't address it, you know? I don't know. I don't know, it, but but it was certainly something that was talked about. Um, it looked bad in the moment. Context on it didn't look that bad. Uh, they had a good event last week. It was good. I said I said on the last podcast, I don't so much think the two pound minimum helped that. I think you follow helped that. Um, you're not going to catch a lot of fish under two pounds. Wheeler did in his last uh, hurrah there when he was smashing. Stupid numbers of fish. Uh, he caught a few under two pounds. I didn't see a ton under two caught on the in the times I watched it. But they're going to Okeechobee next, and it will play a factor down there, I believe. But really cool event. I felt like for those guys, a lot of guys smashed big ones, and it was fun to watch. Power fishing, man. Dirty water power fishing. It it was fun. It was fun. So. Um, Great job to the guys that caught them there. Great job to the guys that caught them at the St. John's. There were, uh, I had some, you know, BP, Mr. Polnick, made him a cut down there. Buddy Gross caught him up. Old Kelly J nearly pulled it off with the jerk bait. Matt Airy, Scott Canterbury, you know, some boys, some boys catch them. That old boy, uh, what's his name? Decker, Kyle Decker, I believe, caught a dadgum 10 pounder with his Marshall videoing. One of the best videos you'll ever see if you haven't seen it. So much fun to watch. They they just they both did though until those last couple of days of the BPT. They got hammered by that water. Those weights it was tough. I mean I know guys snuck into the cut with three and four fish and things like that. They were just good ones. But man, they had some crazy conditions. Oh, uh, Dustin Connell, holy crap, he smashed too, and uh, and just ran out of steam there that last day. Couldn't. Couldn't any of them keep up with Wheeler's offshore stuff. But very, very cool. I want to get Wheeler on. I want to get some of those guys on to talk about some stuff. But uh, very good event. Adrian Avena jumping in the water. <laughs> Crazy footage. But, uh, but yeah, wanted to address the infamous Ot Defoe official video because, look, man, it ain't, like I said, it ain't always got to be a witch hunt. And you may not agree with that. You may not agree with that. But, you know, I, I try to be fair. As fair as I can be, and uh, I want to say that, and I want to say I'm sorry to anybody that 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 uh, you know that bug because I, I deleted the tweet, of course, and took the video down. I didn't want any part of it, but uh, you know, if you want to judge the video, however you want to judge it, watch it and judge it. But I feel like I know the truth on that. I do, I do. Um, so there you go. I am uh, going to text our guest. <sighs> Sometimes you just get texts that go, what? So our guest today, very 
excited about uh, talking to him. He's uh, known him for a few years now, and he's just an interesting guy. He's a really great fisherman. He has a win on both the FLW Tour, actually his first ever FLW he won years ago, and he has a recently, in 2018, a win on the Bassmaster Elite Series down at Lake Travis. He was FLW Rookie of the Year. And we're going to see if we can get Mr. Drew Benton on the phone because he had Drew Benton. Luke Duncan. What's going on, brother? How are you? Oh, pretty good. How about you? I'm, I'm doing good, buddy. I was just giving you this amazing intro, and then you answered. And, you know, I was saying earlier, no, you didn't win the St. John's River. And and people are always like, hey, man, get the tournament winners on. Get so-and-so. No, I don't want to do that. Because the most amazing story, other than that 10-pounder that boy caught that his Marshall was videoing, to me, the greatest story from the St. John's was Drew Benton. <laughs> yeah, I caught a 5'11". You did. You caught a 5'11". And, dude... And for those of y'all that don't know what we're talking about, I'm going to get Drew to tell the story. But And if you keep up at all, you've heard it. But what a freaking crazy start to your Elite Series campaign this year, man. Man, it really was. You know, Amanda wasn't due until the end of February. So we were thinking, get these first two events out of the way, have a baby, and then go to the class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she had high blood pressure when she went to a doctor's appointment after I'd already left and um, they sent her to the hospital and a high risk doctor come in there and said, let's have this baby. It's too much of a risk. So um, it was about noon on the first day we were at a high school because our day had got canceled. Um, And I was really kind of aggravated because I needed to fish that day. You know, we had all that weather coming in and I had a a few fish on bed, which is what I like to do. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I could have rolled up there and caught, a decent amount of weight pretty quick that morning and that was going to be my only shot because <laughs> because <laughs> you were going you were going to tuck tail home yeah i mean i felt like i could, could catch you know i don't know i had three or four biggins on the head i felt like i could go catch a, a decent bag and turn them in a trip and, and head home but we we ended up not not getting to go and uh you know i, I come on home and had, we had the baby at, that morning at, at one o'clock and I was, you know, we were all excited hanging around and, and it got to be about two o'clock and, and my wife looked over at me and said, Hey, you know, they're an hour ahead over there. And I, I gave her a double take, like, do you really want me to go back? And she says, yeah, go ahead. So I hop in the truck and <laughs> drove like 90 miles an hour to get back to Palatka and got about 30 minutes away and trip called and said day two was canceled unbelievable man so so i piled her back up in bed and went to sleep till about noon and and uh got got everything back together and went out there and at least survived the first the first event of the year but to finish 25th dude is not easy in any event and coming off of a week (laughs) like that back and forth because it's what five hours from your house to to palatka probably yeah yes five hours um uh, back to Panama City. I actually live in Blakely, Georgia now. But uh, that's right. That's right. She was she was down in Panama because that's where her doctor is, and and um, she actually delivered a baby in, in the same hospital we had our first first boy in. So, uh, so but yeah, it was definitely a, 
uh, a hill to climb. Well, I, all I, things considered. I think people don't, and I know that people that travel for their jobs understand it, and people, uh, Lord knows our military understands it, but I don't think people, you know, they see see us getting to fish tournaments or they see us out fishing and they see the social media stuff and they see Drew Benton catching big ones off the bed last year at the St. John's and they're just like, man, that is what I want to do. That is the life. But sometimes it, it being gone is a big burden. And, it is. And in this situation, is. man, it's it's like – you could have very easily missed your second kid being born. And those are those are moments you never get back. So, was it was it on your? I mean, obviously you thought you guys had till the end of February. You were going to get through St. John's, get through Chick. Um, so, but when you're driving out there, is that that in the back of your mind though? It was. It was. It was in the back of my mind every day of practice. Every every time I got up in the morning, I, I mean, it was in my mind. Um, and that's, that's just something that, you know, as, you know, competitors is what we do. It's, you've got to be able to, you know, understand that And right here. I'm, as you're saying, get things out of your mind, out of your mind. I'm standing here in the parking lot. My wife's inside at a daughter's appointment. I can't make this up. My little boy comes out, pulls his pants down and is peeing right out here in front of everybody. In the bushes. Listen, listen. I'm a I'm a boy dad. I, I completely understand that, dude. I know the struggle. Sorry, I'm standing here waving at cars going by, saying sorry, but that's just what. Listen, what, it's one of the benefits of being a man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, ladies. That's one of the benefits. And little boys learn that early, and they will pee in a park. My little boy, he'll pee at Walmart, right where the buggy carts go, where the dang shopping carts go back. He'll just pee. He don't care. None of them right. care, man. That's hilarious. But get back to what, get back <laughs> what we were saying. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, part of being competitive, you've got to be able to to kind of turn that off and on. You know, I mean, it's yeah, it, it's it's very important. Your family is, you know, your your rock and your support system. That's why you're out there. And but you you have a job to do, and and it, the hardest thing was for me to leave that little baby, not even getting hardly hold him yet, and go back and fish a bass tournament and much less be competitive. So definitely it's that was hard in itself. Well, well, I had seen it on social media, and then I heard you talking to Mercer on stage about it, and I was like, man, I got to get Drew on to talk about it. Because being a dad, and all the dads listening to this can dang sure know exactly what you're going through right now and and uh, and and what your wife's going through, and what a, what a good thing for y'all that they canceled Chick, <laughs> too. Yeah, you yeah. know, you get to spend some time at home. So when uh, when will you leave out for the classic? Uh, I think we're due in for our first day of practice on the twenty eighth. So I'll probably leave on the twenty seventh. So your so practice got... actually starts in February, then technically. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I got you. I got you. You looking forward to it? Is your third one? Are you? So you got those jitters out of the way. Now you just this one's all about a W, right? I am. You know, it's um, it's one of those events that obviously every fisherman that's ever fished wants to get to and being my third one um and knowing what to expect and and kind of having that i don't know a little bit of experience um of how the week goes because it's a different event i mean the way you practice for it the way you have off days the way you know you're spread out you know from the lake to birmingham for events and things like that i understand how everything goes now a little bit better and, and um I just feel really good about it. I mean, you 
you, you never know what to expect in your first one. And you're just always kind of happy to be there. And then the second one rolls around and you, you got a little bit more confidence, but there's just a different feeling coming into the third one. I just feel like it, um, you're not just going to be satisfied being there. And, and that's kind of the way I'm going to go about the week. Well, I think that, uh, I think it'll be a really good event. And I think that, uh, if if it'll just stop raining, yeah. <laughs> that way y'all aren't fishing like in the parking lot at Birmingham, <laughs> because, yeah. because the the Tennessee River I live about forty miles north of it and it's almost in my yard I feel like right now but it's crazy man uh, Pickwick's so high I've never seen it this high it's it's amazing but uh, what are you expecting if you've got kind of a, a pre tournament notion going in what are you expecting weight wise like typical Gunnersville you expecting big weights. Well, I mean, I really don't know. I think that um, that it fished really good last year. Some guys come, you know, we had some tournaments there last year. It took some pretty good weight. Yep. But so far this year, I, I want to say the weight's kind of been down um, from a Gunnersville aspect. I, I think, you know, somewhere in that 21 to 22 pounds a day is going to be putting you right there, I feel like. Not not those mid-20s to upper 20-pound bags. Now, that's not to say that we could have, you know, a warming trend and the water get right and, and somebody get on a, a good batch of pre-spawners moving up and, and bust, you know, 30 pounds or, you know, really get on them good. But I just, if everything stays the way it is now with the, like you're saying, the flooding and, and everything, I think if you, you have right around, you know, that low 20s a day, you're going you're gonna to scare somebody. Does, t- in your mind, because you're a Seminole guy, I know, and and uh, you fish it a good bit. Does, does that being a grass lake, do you think that helps you going into Gunnersville as far as, I mean, and Seminole's a beast of its own with the timber and and right. and it's a it's a totally different lake than Gunnersville. But does that prepare you though? I feel like for lakes like Gunnersville, and when you travel around fishing other lakes, you yeah, kind of call like on it, that experience. I feel like it does. Um, Gunnersville now seems like it has a lot more eelgrass. Um, it seems like the eelgrass is kind of taken back over, and we don't have much eelgrass on Seminole. Yeah, y'all are hydrilla. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's a, it's different, but it's a lot of the same. I mean, you're still looking for, you know, those transition areas for those fish to be moving into places they're going to spawn. And, you know, I've, I've fished tournaments there when the fish have spawned, so I know, you know, some good areas that they like to use. It's just a, a matter of getting out there. The thing about grass fishing is... It's a needle in a haystack type gig, you <laughs> know. Sure. You, you you could fish all day looking for a good grass hole and never find it. Never you know? get a bite. So, so that's just one of those things you just got to have going into it, and it's, it's this is one of those events that you could practice like that. You know, you're you're going into it trying to find that one magical spot or one or two magical places that you can win, you know, a big time event on, and you might go practice three days in the grass trying to find that and not find crap, you know, but that's okay. That's okay. I mean, it's the classic. You got to put it all out there. There's no points or or anything. So that's um, it. There's only one. Definitely. I could, you know, see myself going back to the way I I used to fish practice for Seminole tournaments. You know, a lot of people see us go to these places and, and wreck them or, you know, have good days, but they don't see those practice days where we catch one bass <laughs> 13 and a half inches and are beating our head against the wall because we, we ain't done nothing or, or worried that we, we're going to zero and, and everything else. It's, 
it was one of those events where you just got to put it all out there and um that's what i intend to do well i have a feeling you'll you'll smash them up dude and you make a really good point because I can't tell you the times you go to a Lake Champlain or you go to a dang Lake Seminole, you go to Okeechobee, these famed fisheries, people are like, man, what I'd give to go there. And when you're coming off the water, you're like, man, I had two bites today. (laughs) Am I I in the right area? And then when you find them, you find them, but it's like these famed fisheries, it's not like going to a pond. (laughs) It's not easy just because it looks good on the stat sheet when everybody slaps down 15 to 20 pounds on some of these places sometimes. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into finding that. That's that's a great point, man. And and, uh, in one like this where it's an all or nothing event, that's what you got to do. I mean, you ain't ain't going for fifth. You you know, you're going to win the dang thing. But, uh, dude, I'm really – I'm excited about this one. I think it'll be – Interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, I've talked on here a million times about everything that's happened, but you were one of the first guys that chose to stay at Bass. And I, I remember when that happened and, and you know, you kind of put, in my opinion, you were one of those guys, you, John Cruz, Seth Fighter, but were guys that you put that Bass patch on, man, and you were really proud to stay. Can you tell me, and, and, and I'm not trying to, necessarily be controversial anything like that i just want to know what what was your overwhelming thing why are you proud to fish bass well i mean when i set out to qualify for the elites uh you know that was a big decision in itself and i got there and you know i had a good first year i I won rookie of the year and then i struggled a little bit I, i you know had a had a tough second season and didn't qualify for the classic. And then the third year rolled around and I won an event mm-hmm. and I just felt like I was, was just getting it figured out, you know, over there. And for me to just up and quit something that I'd worked so hard at and just got figured out was just, it was real hard. I was just struggling with it. And I mean, I was, I was really torn, you know, 50, 50 on it. And, um, it just you just had to follow your gut with it. Well, and, that, and uh, that's what Swindon Polnick said you know, about going back, you know. Um, and when you say you're torn, I mean, I guess a factor in that is that 70% of the guys that you've competed against or looked up to or whatever are leaving. It's right. got to be confusing. Yeah, I mean, and, and I miss that aspect, you know, competing, lining my boat up against those guys and competing with them. That's... That's part of it too. That kind of had me torn and, and wanting to to go. And at the same time, you know, I had a lot of respect for Chase Anderson and and the new the, the new ownership over there. I kind of felt like they had walked into something that they didn't realize. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And and they were doing the best that they could. You know, they were they were trying. And you know, I give a, a lot of respect for somebody who who puts their pants on. Just like I do, and it's going to try to make things better. I and uh, I guess at the the turning point for me was it was getting close to to the end where I had to really make a decision. And uh, I called Jim Wilburn up and I asked him a real simple question, and he was honest um, and told me that basically my question to him was, you know, I understand a lot of the coverage is going to be on the cup events. And I said, my title sponsor is Bagley. They've been with me since day one and I've got to 
I've got to have value to them. Can I promote their products? And he said, well, you can promote it, but we'll cut it out. <laughs> and right then I hung the phone up. I knew exactly what I was going to do. Wow. So. Wow. Well, I, I get that because the sponsors make all this possible, whether it's a podcast, YouTube channel, Elite Series Career, BPT Career, FLW Career, whatever. we got to have sponsors or it's not, or, well, or it, none of it exists because you can't make well, a living off tournament winnings alone, you know? You it, just can't. Exactly. And, and and I've been with them, you know, my whole career. No and, doubt. And, and I could not, could not do that to a company that was getting me down the road. And, you know, the feeling was already there deep down, and that just solidified it that much more. It just it just felt like I, I was in the right place. And and here's the, the other part of that. You know, if it worked and it, it's good over there after three years, why couldn't I just go qualify for it just like I qualified for the leaks if I wanted exactly to go? Exactly right. Exactly so why right. put why put my family at risk and try something totally brand new? And and go over there and do it. Why not let those guys take that risk? I can make a living for the next three years fishing bass, whether it does good, whether it fails, you know, whatever. And three years from now, they're killing it. You know, I, I reevaluate things and say, hey, maybe that's where I need to be. I'll go qualify for it. Exactly and if right. If I can't qualify for it, I don't belong. Over exactly there. right. So that's exactly just the way right. I looked at it. Well, that's awesome, man, and, and good for you for standing up for what you believe in. And I and I know there was a lot of back and forth between guys that did that actually had conversations with them about going and then didn't go, and and it got silly and, for and, a little while, you know. But we're all in this wrong. thing together, right? And and I don't blame anybody who who did or didn't or you know for whatever. Yeah, for sure. Their decision was. I mean, it might have been uh, the right decision for some guys, you know, that were in different positions. But I had a wife and a little boy and you know i had a young career and, and a young and, career and I, really exactly and yeah. i was kind of just getting started and i could not put it all on the line because if i went over there and just say that format wasn't for me okay just say i sucked which i probably would have because i'm a seven bass a day guy you know yeah, seven bites, <laughs> yeah, grinder <laughs> so i'm not wanting to go out there and catch 20 29 bass in a period or, or whatever they, yeah. they got going on up there. So I kind of realized that if that wasn't for me, you know, my career might be over and I might be going back out down there to the docks and working. And I, that's just not acceptable for me. That, I just, that's I'm that fear. That. that fear drives you, you know, that yeah. hunger. You got to stay yeah. there. I, I get it. No, I look at it all the time. And whether you love the format or hate it, when I was sitting here watching Jacob Wheeler on live, catching one after another, after another, after another, I'm like, I'll be honest with you, man. I don't, that's that's pretty good, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm like you. I'm like a seven or eight by today at the most kind of guy. Even if I'm catching whatever, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's one here, one there. Um, well, that's awesome, man. I think that uh, you know. I hope all the dust settles. I've said this. I hope that those guys are happy and they do their thing, and that the bass guys are happy and they do their thing, and it all kind of. Um, it settles out and, and life goes on and it is it's fishing time now the season yeah. started the classics coming uh biggest tournament in the world and and things will things will settle out settle out and i talked about this before you came on they had a good event last week they did from a fish catching standpoint uh it was kind of top heavy but dude they caught some big ones and that just is what it is the the saint john's got plagued by bad weather but they still caught big ones down there 
And it was two interesting events to watch. I try to watch as a fan of the sport and covering the sport like I do. I tried to watch both. Um, so it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a cool year. Uh, I got one question for you, and I know I've kept you, and, I, and you got little boys peeing in the parking lot, and you got a newborn, <laughs> so I won't keep you forever. But talk about the dynamic because. I know Mullins. I know Drew Cook a little bit. I got to meet Drew last year. And talk about a little bit, you guys, you, you came off of the this big transition, everybody leaves, and you and Mullins and Drew seemed to make this trio and all had a really good year last year. Drew won Rookie of the Year, and he's obviously a fish catcher. Mullins catches him. Mullins called him down at St. John's. But talk about, do, do you guys, do y'all share a lot of, of what's going on? Do y'all have each other's, but how, how does y'all's uh, rooming situation work? Yeah. So, you know, originally, obviously me and Mullins um, started off rooming together and then Cook came in and he's from right down the road for me uh, when I lived here in Panama City. And we, we fished a bunch of team tournaments against each other and things like that. So I, I knew him. He knew me pretty well. And, and when he started trying to qualify for the Opens, I was fishing the, the Opens division that he was fishing. He actually was fishing both of them, but I was fishing one of them. And uh, I said, hey, man, I said, I know you're trying to qualify. If you want, um, you know, we'll work together. And if, uh, if I've got anything, you know, I'll give it to you and try to help you, you know. And it really worked well. We, um, I mean, you just know right off the get-go when you work well with somebody, you can trust them, and uh, and we just kind of shared everything, and it worked out really well. And and uh, he qualified, and we're all over here. He and Mullins had always bounced ideas off of each other, and, and but I think last year we took it to a new level. Um, you know, when Cook come in, uh, you know, we shared everything. I mean, we shared everything as far as fishing locations to bed fish. I mean, I mean, we knew that we weren't going to be starting on the same two bed fish. We knew, you know, if, if one of us is starting over here and one of us is catching them, the other one's going to pull in there and, and do the same. You know, that's just the way it was. And, you know, Mullins kind of got on the same same deal with us, and I think we both, in all three, ended up in the top 20 in points, and it just really worked worked well. I mean, when you got three guys on the water for three days of practice, the chances are really good one of them's going to figure something out. And at the end of the day, we're just trying to make a living. So it, it doesn't hurt my feelings to finish below one of them two if I'm, you know, giving them something. And if, if, as long as we're all on the same page and nobody gets greedy, it all works out well. And it, it really did last year. Well, that's awesome. And I was going to say that that's the only way those work in professional fishing. Cause I've been on the good end and bad end of those <laughs> a couple of yeah. times. And it's the only way it works is if everybody's open and honest and, and that's, but I'll just watch, you know, knowing you guys and, just you see it man everybody y'all seem to be and you and mullins have been buddies forever from turkey hunting up there I, there was something y'all cracked me up turkey hunting after one of the elites out in the yeah, field grand. behind the, yeah grand <laughs> yeah y'all killing turkeys after the weigh-in in a in a field behind the rental house y'all are staying there cracking me up but uh uh but you and and cook your styles definitely seem to mesh you know from that same general area but but y'all seem to do a lot of the same things and then you throw in mullins who is East Tennessee and really completely different than you guys, I feel like, as right. far as his angling uh, skill set that he likes to go after the most. So it really it makes you all really dangerous, I feel like. Well, yeah, I mean, at Cayuga, me and Cook were clueless. I mean, clueless. And Mullins like, hey, catching them on a 5X deep crank and, you know, in this depth of water. 
and we all went and Cook made the top ten. I can't remember where I finished. I had a pretty good tournament. So awesome, I mean, man. just stuff like that. I mean, that that saves you from that bomb, you know. And uh, you know, it, as long as it's neither nobody gets jealous of each other, finishing ahead of each other, and, and things like that, it it definitely works well. Well, that's awesome. And are you guys gonna do any? Any kind of video in this year when y'all are all together, anything like that to show yeah. some of the shenanigans? <laughs> so we are actually. Um, it's going to be called the Cut Line. It's going to be cut on Bassmaster.com. Okay. Yep, living life on the Cut Line. Okay. And uh, it's going to be on Bassmaster.com and the Mossy Oak Go app. And uh, oh, right be, on. You know, th- this particular first one, you know, with me going back to the, the Panama <laughs> and then everything, we didn't get everything accomplished in the first one that we wanted to, but it'll tell the story of, of no exactly yeah. kind of what went on. So, but yeah, that's uh, that's something exciting that we're doing this year. It kind of gives everybody a different look into into what we do and what we go through. You know how we how we practice what for for an event and break it down between the you know three of us and, and figure everything out. So it, it'll definitely tell the whole tale if you uh, follow along. Well, do you have any footage of Mullins asleep on the couch with Andy Griffith on in the background? Oh, that's coming. I mean, it, that, <laughs> that happens everywhere we go, so uh, that's There's going to be a lot of B-roll of that. A lot of <laughs> yeah. B-roll of Mullins on the couch watching Andy Griffith. Absolutely. <laughs> Ger- Gerald Swindle really, really likes to beat Mullins up over his Andy Griffin. <laughs> really likes to beat him up over it. That and Duke football. He was some he Duke. Was some pissed at Duke the other night. <laughs> he turned it off, okay? I had the own – we were staying at Cliff Prince's his mom and daddy's house, and uh, in my room was the only TV. So he was in there in the bed watching, and he, he got so pissed he went to bed. And all of a sudden, I'm like almost asleep. He busts in there. He says, they tied it up, and they went to overtime. Oh, he the North Carolina game? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, you're a sorry fan. You turned it off because they were doing bad. Exactly. are going to come in here and watch them win. I said, that's a sorry fan. We give each other a hard time. It's, but the it's boys fun. at East Tennessee, Tennessee Vol, and he pulls for Duke. That's what gets me with him. <laughs> that's what I've always given him crap about is as big a basketball fan, because he's a basketball nut, I'm like, Tennessee had a great basketball team last year. You ain't pulling for them. You pulling for Duke. Come on, man. They're going to take your orange card away from you. You go, you go big orange oh man well dude i look forward to i look forward to watching that and uh y'all make sure if you listen to this go follow drew on everything facebook instagram but make sure you check out that series it sounds like that's gonna be really cool to watch those three are are characters to say the very least and uh really good guys out there working hard to make a living and feed their feed their families out there on the bassmaster elite series drew dude congratulations on the craziness and the new Bambino. And, uh, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to uh, talk to me today. Oh, I really appreciate it, Luke. If we can just keep this first one from killing the second one, we'll be money ahead, <laughs> I tell you what. This, you look back here, and he's got him by the arm, and he just can't, can't let him go. <laughs> Listen, I, I've, got, I've got a house full of those. And I would like to say that the trying to kill them never stops. So that's 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 my little ray of sunshine for you today. Good <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're you're not out of the woods, son, <laughs> for a long time. All right, Drew. I hope you have a I hope you have a good uh, good one, buddy. And uh, good luck at the classic. I'll see you in Birmingham. All right, thanks, Luke. All right, Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Drew. Drew Benton, right there. It was a lot of fun. Man, I, I really appreciate it. You can hear he's got craziness going on. His little boy's peeing in a parking lot. 
<laughs> and if y'all got y'all got little boys out there, or had little boys, y'all understand that situation. Your little man, they uh, when it's time to go, they're fixing to do. And I think his little boy is like four years old, four or five maybe. But he uh, <laughs> when they got to go, they're fixing to go. It don't matter who's around. It could be a lady that goes to church next to you. It could be uh, you know the police. <laughs> they don't care. That's where it's gonna happen. Right. There in that spot That was really funny You can't make that kind of stuff up When you're a dad But uh, y'all go go check him out And uh, I really appreciate Drew coming on His life is really hectic right now I really want to say thank you To everybody that checks out Low Budget Live Week after week after week after week That comments, that sends me messages uh, I really just I can't believe it, honestly This is something, like I said I've done it for two years And you guys started paying attention And it just keeps on getting better Keeps on getting better. Be on the lookout for boats and pros this week. If you're coming to the classic, mark your calendars for March 7th, the low budget live. Live. You know what? I think we're done for the day. I think we're done for the day. Thank y'all so much for everything. Hug your mama always. I sure do miss mine. There's a butterfly Mr. Polonick sent me. Makes me think of her every time I see it. And I will see y'all. Next week on some LBL. Thank y'all. Some Biloxi Blues to send you into your week. From Jackson Town to Tupelo, I never could make it last. Spanish Moss or Civil War Ghosts, well, I'm gonna leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter, east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows, I'm leaving those burdens at rest. This highway, it does not know my name, and I don't care, no, I don't care. Heading my way for another place, and I got three good tires and a spare. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. Yeah. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.